0: Welcome to my own kind of beautiful podcast by Afro-Botanics, presented by me, Domence Katwane, founder of Afro-Botanics. In this podcast, we delve deep into all matters, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual on our journey to creating beautiful lives in a beautiful world. A life filled with beauty, love, light, truth, peace, and joy is our birthright. This journey to reclaim and embody our birthright through inquiry, healing, and honoring our own kind of beautiful. Hello, Queens. Welcome to the first episode of my own kind of beautiful podcast by Afro Botanics. And it is fitting that our first podcast is called Love. Because the first step to building a beautiful life and a life worth living is to embrace and to fully embody love. Love. In the beginning, there was love, and there is love. There will always be love. That is the first and most infinite and eternal of impulses of the universe. So it is fitting that we start with this topic. And I'll be sharing my perspectives as I've journeyed back to love, to knowing who I am, where I come from, whose I am, who am I? You know, answering that question. Basically, that's what we are here to do on this journey of life. Answering, who am I? What is life? Why am I here? And so, queens, it's an exciting but a very difficult and complex, complicated um, theory I have to share, Uh, or formula, I think. For me, love is the most important pillar to a beautiful life, because after all, who doesn't love love? We all do. Even when we don't know it and are not aware of it, we crave love above all else. Because at the core of who we are, what we are, we are love. We want and we crave joy, we crave peace, security, beauty, abundance, freedom, creativity, harmony, balance, unity. We crave all these, and these are all fruits of love. My queens, in the sharing, I delve into what I believe is the cornerstone of living a a beautiful life And how to get back to that. Because our lived experience, our reality is the reflection of what we are experiencing on the inside. So it becomes paramount that we find beauty within us. That within us, it's beauty and love. Those are the frequencies that are resonating within us. That is the only way you can create a beautiful life on the outside. Through knowing, owning, living your own kind of beautiful, and you'll see that reflected on your outer life. When I was at university, I took philosophy as a major, and it suited me perfectly well because I've always had a curious mind. And even though I grew up very Catholic, and from my early teens I started to inquire about purpose and meaning of life, why are we here? I started asking those difficult questions that I wasn't actually allowed to ask in my Catholic church. Uh, So I started researching and reading broadly about religions, every religion I could find myself accessing at the time. You know, this was before the internet in South Africa anyway. This was in the late 1990s. At university, when I started university in the late 1990s, I used to go to different sessions. There would come um, different organizations teaching different philosophies. I went into the Hare Krishnas, And I love going to Hare Krishna sessions because they also served free lunch or um, late snacks, which we always looked forward to as students. And also, I found myself really delving deep into Buddhism while I was at university, trying to understand these teachings. I remember when I was reading Buddha's teachings, he shared that we are love and that that's the most important aspect of us and that we should love everybody the same. He said, you should love a stranger that you just met the same way you love your own child, you love your parents, you love your siblings. I remember reading that and reading a few more paragraphs and I was like, blown away. And I was like, this is scary stuff. It is big stuff. I didn't know what it was like or even possible at my age to learn to love a stranger the way I loved my child, the way I loved my parent or my sibling. And so I sort of, you know, put that idea down and I decided that, you know what, I'm not worthy. Um, by that age already, my heart had already been hurt enough times, wounded enough times. And all I wanted to do was to protect it. And when you protect your heart, you're actually shutting love down, you're turning yourself away from love. I definitely was not ready to live a life with a, a wide open heart uh, that's wanting to love everyone I meet. I wasn't ready for that, so I remember that's how I put down my um, my my venturing into Buddhism. I was to explore Buddhism again, probably about ten years later, but I'll talk about that at another time. Um, I was also aware, at you know, in my early twenties already, that there's so much hate in the world, and hate runs deep. I mean, um, I grew up in South Africa with uh, apartheid and. I had already known about all types of hate from, you know, the genocide by Hitler, all types of hate that, you know, our our recent history has been characterized by war and hatred. And so I didn't feel equipped to go into the world wanting to be all about love. And yet as a student who was studying great humans in history, the one thing they've all had in common is love. Well, especially those that have really made a marked influence impact in history. You know, I'm talking about the likes of the Buddha, Jesus Christ, Martin Luther King Jr., and Nelson Mandela. Those type of leaders, they've all preached love, that the way that they choose to oppose hate, to oppose oppression, is through love. So... Further in my studies, I've also read and learned about many African queens as well who also lived by love. So it's not just love for one's family or those that look look like you, but it's about love for all, all of humanity, all that lives on this planet, for example. I remember the day when I read Buddha's words on loving every single person and reflecting on the greats like Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela was always preaching about the rainbow nation, speaking about how we should love and forgive each other, how um, black people, white people should live in unity, and put down the differences in and divisions. And I reflected on Dalai Lama and his similar message on love and loving, you know, his oppressor, the the Chinese who had taken away his Tibetan home. I, at twenty years old, I felt this was such a huge way of being, something far, far away from me. I remember reflecting at that age, 20 years old, feeling that I don't think I will evolve enough and become light enlightened enough in this lifetime to reach the same level that um, Nelson Mandela and Dalai Lama have reached in this lifetime, that kind of enlightenment. I felt, no, uh, it's not possible. But boy, have I been wrong because... Clearly, our destiny is love, so we are always being pulled back to love. Um, When I reflect on the person I was at 25, um, giving up on the idea of being a love-led leader, preaching love, um, it's interesting because I think I am very much in alignment now with the philosophies of the great human beings like the Nelson Mandela. I'm not saying I'm a Nelson Mandela, I'm just saying that in terms of how I see and view how we should live our lives and treat others. And love is central to that. And I think we've lost and misunderstood the meaning of love. I have learned that when we allow our hearts to be closed to even the smallest degree, our hearts being hurt by a parent or a word said to us, we are rejecting love. And that is contrary to our our very makeup, to the core of who we are. And when we reject love, we start to experience and see life as less beautiful. Because if you are rejecting yourself within, then what you see without is the same. So you see less love and less beauty outside. And we do this in so many ways, we don't even think about it. And the best way I can put it is, uh, look at a baby. When a baby comes into the world, they basically are a big canvas of love. They're a big ball of fresh love, you know, um, as loving and as pure love as a human can be. They are open and they feel and they reciprocate love. Babies and young children do not love based on the race of a person, the gender of a person. They relate to us on energy, on love. They come to learn all of these other things, you know, the divisions, the hate, Um, the dislike, through their environment. And of course, they also tap into the dominant consciousness that is created by the prevailing feelings and thoughts of everyone else in the collective. Yes, because we are energetic beings. We are always emitting communications through our energy, and we're not even aware of it anymore. That's not how we are raised and taught as humans. We don't understand that we are these energetic machines that are always emitting um, energy and receiving energy, and all sorts of very complex exchanges are happening all the time. And so that's why it's important to come to know your own energy field, your own body, your own feelings, your own thoughts, the core of who you are, in order to best protect yourself. And so we need to journey back to the state that we were when we were babies, the knowing that you are love that I am love, that we come from love, and that our heritage is love, and that we must defend love at all costs, and that love is our destiny. And we move into a point where we truly embody this. And we, we, when we do this, it's the first step to building a beautiful life, not just for ourselves, but for everyone around us. Because truly, when one person changes, it's like a domino effect. In the past five years, I've gone through a journey of healing and awakening that has taken me through the dark night of a soul a number of times. Like I've gone through the dark night of the soul so many times that I can't count anymore. And at some point I started negotiating with God and the divine angelic ones that walk with me, trying to negotiate and discuss what would happen if I decided to tap out of this lifetime, to be like, you, okay. I am not handling this. Um, can I take? Can I tap out? Can I, um, you know, try another time, kind of a thing? And my my main concern was: would my three children be taken care of? I was not suicidal at all. I was just weighing my options, really, as I was walking through and riding through the darkness, um, journeying back to love, because, you know. We don't even realize how far we stray from love and the journey back requires us to reflect on and then balance things and so there will be the shadow that arises that feels so dark and heavy at sometimes that you don't see the light or beautiful but it's always there so you always have to fix your eye on it knowing that the light and beautiful and love are there no matter how long um you experience the dark night of the soul I will expand on this, you know, another time, another sharing. Um, was just to share that, the, you know, it's not an easy journey. Uh, it's not about, you know, kumbaya, you know, affirmations being repeated. It's uh, healing. The journey of healing is not easy. The journey back to love is not easy. So many things will arise. And we can be tempted to think that God is testing us, but it's not it's things that we have done to ourselves and so we have to balance those things out it's not something that's being done to us it's something that is happening for us for us to really come to experience and appreciate and understand what love is my healing to journey my my journey to healing was triggered mainly by my inability to to forgive my father my father died when I was 14 years old and uh, he had you know, my journey with him had caused many traumas, and I needed I needed to let go of these traumas. At the time, I started my journey to healing about five years ago. Really, you know, seeing therapist and really going into that darkness, the heaviness um, of wanting to let go and forgive my father and to love him again. Um, I had been carrying this trauma for more than 20 years, and 20 years is a very long time to be carrying a trauma. This kind of activity, when you carry trauma for so long, um, emotional trauma, mental trauma, it eventually leads to mental disease as well as physical disease. Because, you know, when we look at the journey or the origin or how disease comes to be, it starts from separation at a spiritual level. Emotional level and mental level and then it manifests itself in a physical way. I've always been a logical, scientific kind of person. I believed in God and um, I now know that the way I believed in God then is nothing compared to how I know God now. It's not about comparing, just um, stating. And even though I believed in God, I believe that I was making my life happen on my own sheer will, my, my own sheer force, my own sheer intelligence, you know. Um, and I thought I was doing quite good. I was financially stable. I had a growing and thriving business through which I was living and serving life. And I was able to take care of my children. And I had a spiritual practice, um, but in truth, my main core was about achieving and creating my life through sheer will. And so in reality, my understanding and practice of faith and belief were very limited. My ability to take action is what fed my hope. And this differs from how I take action now. I now take action and co-create with love, with the divine, because the divine and the divine ones, the beings that we work with, God, our angelic um, guardians, um, our guides, they and my the divine aspect of myself know better, they see better, and are so able to help guide me and help me co-create my life better than when I'm doing it solely from my mind and from my, my emotions. I believe that love is what was, what is, and what will always be. And it's something that's not easy to explain or define. It is something so deep and beyond feeling it is the beginning, it is the now, it is the eternal, it is the ever expanding. So it is something that our human science will never be able to explain in a satisfactory way, except that we have to arrive at a knowing of it, a knowing sense of it, where you just experience and you know it. And this is something you know, that's understood by those who have peeled back the layers and done the healing work to arrive at that knowing. I thought I knew love, I thought I had experienced love, I knew and felt my mom's love for me deeply. I've always felt it. Right from when she was pregnant with me, I can I know how she loved and how she was excited to have me. She loved me and she loves me unconditionally. So do my sister and many other ones I've met along the way that have loved me, I felt have loved me deeply. I thought I knew love. I thought I knew how to love. I thought I knew how to love my my babies, my partner. Um my mom, those around me, I, you know, I've always had a big compassionate heart, empathetic heart that feels very deeply. So I thought I knew love. But as I've journeyed backwards, back into love, forward into love, into the eternity, I know that I don't know love as much as I should know love. And it's so exciting. Every day as I experience more love, I'm, I'm like really blown away because it is so deep, so vast, it is the eternity, it's infinite. And I know I shouldn't compare love, um, but you know, I shouldn't make comparisons, but really it's our human way of trying to bring meaning and understanding to things. On On an everyday basis, our everyday experiences from a very young age, our experiences tend to move us away from from love. Even when we are born into loving families, brought up in loving homes, our remembrance of love and connection to love starts to fade just because of the way our society is. And so we need an everyday, every moment, intentional reignition and reconnection to love to maintain it um, on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. And this is becoming something I think a lot of people are awakening to because at this time, we're going through a time when there's so much stress, so much strain, anxiety, despair, disease, depression, fear, addiction, disconnection, And so we are all being called to make a concerted effort to love. Love is the cure to all of these. Um, Love is the cure to to war, to poverty. And so we need to, all of us, make this effort in order to create harmonious and balanced lives, not just for ourselves, but for all, all in the world. Love is the basis of beauty. Love is the basis of peace. Love is the basis of joy. And so to create a beautiful life and to feel beautiful, we have to strengthen this foundation and connection to love. We have to come, we have, we, you know, we live in a time where we've also come to believe in our feelings and we believe that peace and joy and beautiful and love are, are feelings. And so, you know, feelings are things that are, you know, ephemeral that you can discard and, you know, move around if you want to. And taking it from the point of view that let's say we were to say that okay feelings are the most important things. It's what it's how we define ourselves, how we define our personality, our makeup. At the end of it, it still comes down to the primary feeling of love. Even if we were taking it at that um, at that level, which is you know it's a shallow level, um, but in truth, one cannot experience peace or joy. If they don't know love, if they are not love, one cannot experience peace, joy, beautiful, creativity, abundance, freedom, if they are not love. Those are fruits of love. In truth, joy, peace, and beautiful and love are more than feelings. They are a way of being, of just being, of just, you know, when you just are, when you are just is. You are that. You are love. You are peace. You are beautiful. It becomes a state, a, a constant way of being. So it's beyond feelings, beyond emotions, beyond thought, beyond the body, beyond the mind. That's where we want to go because that's where we access that point that is that is never changing, that consistency that's never changing. It is easy for us, of course, to identify with feelings and um, emotions because. Um, we are, we've are, we come to, in the main, relate to the world and see ourselves as sensory beings. However, the senses as we know them, you know, touch, feeling, taste, sight, these are limited compared to how much we can access um, at the level of love, pure love, pure potentiality. We have the ability to access and sense and know so much. And so our feelings are limited. Our language is limited. And we reduce our beingness to limits and experience of our senses. Our senses, our language, our logic, our science, and our religion are limited. We are so, so much more. I googled what love is. And there are many definitions, but they all come down to a feeling of Deep affection, a feeling of tenderness, a feeling of attraction, a feeling of devotion, caring, and even attachment. Speaking of feelings, imagine always feeling happy for everyone. Not feeling bad when someone else gets the job you applied for. Feeling genuinely happy when someone achieves something or buys something big. Being happy when those younger than you are buying cars and are buying homes when you're still renting and taking public transport, feeling genuinely happy for everyone that is doing great, traveling to amazing places, wearing best clothes, having beautiful bodies, being happy for everyone that used to trigger envy or feeling of uncertainty when you scroll down social media. Imagine never feeling bad about yourself, never comparing yourself to another. Instead, always feeling and sending love to another. Even when you don't know them, imagine really, really liking everything about yourself. This is possible, and this is the place where love is. And this is the place, my dear queens, I'm saying let's go to, let's journey to together. I have come to understand that love is another name for God. There are many religious texts that speak of different names of God. It is said that there are 108 names for God, and love is one of them whatever the name they mean the same thing the essence of it is love in scientific means of defining what defining what god or love is i would venture that we would say something like love plus infinity times infinity to the power of infinity 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 i just love that um infinity infinity, it goes on forever love 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 you know but what does this mean It means that love is the first impulse. It is the original beingness that was, the original beingness that is and will always be. And this led to awareness that led to the creation of sound, light, and the first nebula, the first star, the first planet, the first galaxy, and the first universe. And now we are living in a time when there are multiple universes, growing all of the time. We can't even conceive of them. We can't even conceive beyond our, most of us can't even conceive beyond, conceive beyond our solar system, um, our galaxy. Our, we can't even imagine what our universe, how big our universe is. And then there are many more universes. This is love forever expanding. Love is the atom. Manifestation, all manifestation comes from love. We are love. We are love Manifest. And we are called to this remembrance in so many texts, in so many religious texts like the Bible, in ancient texts, songs and even fairy tales. The sages say this remembrance is as deep as the universe's, multiverses themselves, meaning that it is a constant discovery, moment by moment, every day of our lives, we have to be intentional in seeing it and experiencing it. It has been quite the journey, peeling back the layers. And I mean, there's no arriving at it. It's a, consti- a continuous journey. And I think that's the important part is to embrace that it's a journey. There's no point of arrival. And this is how the whole universe is, by the way. It's always expanding, always in motion, always in flow. I remember a few years ago reading um, the famous quote by Marianne Williamson, where she said, Our deepest fear is, that, is not that we are in- inadequate, Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just some of us, it's every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. This powerful passage from the writings of Marianne Williamson is so profound. I'm curious at how you would have experienced it the first time you heard it, Queen. When I first heard it, I thought I was so smart at the time. I was in my 20s. I was like, she is so wrong. I thought, why would anyone fear their greatness? I was a typical optimistic young woman, and I was definitely confident about my brain. I had book smarts. I was always doing well at school. I was doing doing well in my early jobs. And I just felt this didn't make sense. I felt like I was the kind of person that if there was a door labeled door to your greatness, I would go running. So I I couldn't imagine why anyone would run away from their greatness. But in truth, I've come to learn that now that only five years ago did I come to realize how spot on she is. I would say that 95% of us are unaware of our greatness. Moreover, we are not aware that we actually are not aware We're not aware that we shy away from it. And that don't blame us. The greatness in us, the greatness we are, is so big, so vast, so deep. It is so hard to fathom. And so we go into the smaller version of ourselves, the one that we are able to just live our life and without causing too much ripples in the way the world currently operates. Because the way the world works right now doesn't allow for all of us to be great. My dear queens, the way the world operates is not not right. It is not sustainable. It is not the way the world was in the beginning. Humans have always been on this planet, and they've been here a long time, for over 4 billion years. And we've gone through many different evolutions of humanity and different ways in which humanities have organized themselves and lived. And what we are now, how we are organized now, how we live now, What we think is normal is not what has always been normal. So I think that's something to think about. What do we like and what we don't like about this current normal way of being that makes us move away from the greatness that we are, the love that we are? When we are able to eventually tap into the knowing that we come from God, we know we are stars and that we are made of the same stuff of God, the stuff that is indescribable in our language, that has manifested universes and galaxies and stars and planets and so much more, that we are that, there's no turning back. And in this in, in this eternity, in this infinity that you are made of, that you are made of the same stuff, that you are that infinity and part of that eternity, and how big that eternity, infinity is. There is none like you. There is still none like you. You are your own kind of beautiful. And so you owe it to not just yourself, not only just to God, but for everyone and everything else that is made of God. The God stuff, the love stuff that you are made of is love, is God, and it is unique. Also, it is the same at the same time. it's starting to see the things in this way. We start exploring and seeking the purpose of life, the purpose of this experience we are having as humans, living life fully. The purpose and experience I am having as a female and a human born in Africa at this time, I need to find this and I need to fully actualize what God put in me to come and share and experience. What is the purpose of life? We are made of God, we are made of love. And that is ever-expanding, it's infinite. Ours is to add to this love. Our unique selves and our unique manifestation adds a unique flavor of love and adds to the unique story of love, to the greater story of love. So when we deny who we are, our origins, our beauty, our godliness, our love, we are delaying in adding our part to this great movement of love. We are like little tentacles of God experiencing the different ways that love manifests. So we add to God. And that's why the God and love movement are always forever expir- expanding. But we need not worry about the fact that we may be delaying because, you know, in higher levels, there is no um, delay. There is no regret. Our, our, you know, God is loving, is compassion is empathy, is grace, so there is no room for regret or fear of delaying others, just it's about being and owning your journey and getting on with it from wherever you are at whatever pace you are going at. Put another way, uh, I'll share from a personal perspective where when I started my business, Afro Botanics, in 2011, there were no natural hair, care, hair, hair, part, natural hair product brands uh, in major retailers in South Africa. They were, I think there was a brand called Jeom um, that was attempting to get into the natural space, but it failed. And I really think it's because they launched too soon and they didn't have the support of the retail space. And I think our consciousness as black women had not yet evolved um, to a point where we were ready to re- embrace wearing natural hair again. By the time for Botanics got onto shelves in major retail stores um, in 2015, we were the only South African and African brand um, on shelves with um, international brands um, that was catering for natural African hair, for women to wear their hair naturally. Retails were skeptical. They were skeptical that the market was not ready for natural hair. They were skeptical that products, prices of natural hair products was too high. The consumer wouldn't be want, willing to buy, to pay, to pay so much. Um, when Afro Botanics hit the shelves, we were, our products were like almost triple the amount that most queens are paying for hair care products. But within a year, we had proven that South African women are wanting and are hungry, are eager to wear their hair naturally. They just need um, re-education and good products for them to be able to wear their hair and maintain their hair, to embrace their hair, to connect with their hair, to fall in love with their hair again. And they were willing and prepared to pay for quality. There were so many people who discouraged me as I was starting this journey of um, going into natural hair care products. And it took me a long time to get into retail. I persevered, perhaps naively, because I, uh, and somehow I eventually proved naysayers wrong. And now there are hundreds of natural hair care brands in the South African market owned by black women. You know, South African retail stores, our shelves, are majority flooded by products owned by non black people, even though we are the majority. And so the fact that I allowed myself to let my light shine. It allowed others the same to do the same, it gave others the courage to do the same. As Marion Williamson says, as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. We are from the same origin and so we are connected. My consciousness affects another. Your consciousness, my queen, affects another. It affects me. We create, we co-create the world. The world is a reflection of our collective consciousness. So if you don't like the state of the world, it's because our collective consciousness has created the way the world is. And so it's also so synchronistic at this time that at this time of consciousness, of, of, of our evolution, women all over the world are awakening to the queens that they are, And they are reclaiming their own kind of beautiful and they're participating and shaping the world on their own terms. The world as it has come to be is not as beautiful as it could be and will be. One day this world will be all love, will be peace, beauty, joy and beautiful for everyone because our destiny is love. But the sooner we come to a collective understanding of this, the sooner we get to get on that road to achieving and manifesting this world, a beautiful world. Another thing I find so beautiful is that, you know, you look at Marianne Williamson herself. At 70 years old, she is walking her talk. She recently announced that she will be running for American presidency in 2024. She previously ran in the last elections for presidency, um, and I think it's very courageous for her to stand up and run again, even though she didn't get the vote last time. What she espouses is different. It is the change we need to see. I do not know whether she will hold and stay true to what she's saying now or whether she'll even win the context or get far in it. What I see around me, though, is that there are women who are tired of being dictated to and tired of supporting a way of being that has resulted in more wars, more divisions, more poverty, more fear than any other known time in our known history Women are allowing themselves to honor their voices and let their light shine and be their own kind of beautiful. My queen, your own kind of beautiful is your light, your unique part of God that no one else is. And yet, because it comes from God, others will re- resonate with it and see the beauty you are and see the light you are. It is not an external thing, it is an internal thing, calling us to live from the inside outward about caring more about how we nurture our connection to God, love and light, and maintain this inward peace and joy, caring more about that than what others will think of us. And my queens, it is our responsibility. It is daily work that we need to do to connect and uh, to love to God daily. You may wonder why this is the case. Why is it so hard to stay in the space of love and to stay connected to God? My view of the answer is long, but an aspect I'll share is that the dominant consciousness that dictates our environment right now, that dictates how the world is shaped at a country level, that dictates how the world is shaped at a global level, is a consciousness that doesn't allow love easily. It is a consciousness of competition, of war, of division, of insecurity, of poverty, our economic system is founded on the understanding that the, that the world is, is full of scarcity, so we must compete and outdo others. And how we feel and think and view the world, it affects and affects all of us. And this is how we create, um, the, we, we manifest the world that we have. And so we need to change all of us to a love consciousness. So it is our every day everyday effort and every moment effort Our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings that create a blanket of fear, a dark, heavy blanket that makes it so hard for love to get through to us. But it does when we try hard enough. And the very act of breathing, when you take a breath, it is an opportunity to reconnect, to love, to call in love and to call in God. And we have to do this consciously, though, of course. It's not something that just happens. We have to call it in. And the more and more we do this, we do this, no matter the religious or spiritual practice, we just feel better. And we feel more optimistic, more energetic. We we have to take the time to connect to the divine, whether it's through prayer or meditation or singing or moving, We need to fire up the divine love energy and light within us every day, every moment in order to stay in this beautiful state of love and then to manifest a beautiful state, you know, beautiful external that is love, that is beautiful. Even the idea that our every thought produces a pulse that affects everything and everyone around us is a huge idea. It's a huge but I mean, science is already starting to prove this. So that is how sophisticated um, the original scientist is. Original scientist being God, being love. And so, my beautiful queens, as I start to wrap, wrap up, to reiterate, to live a beautiful and empowered life, we need to remember that we are love. You are love, my queen. You are love. You are loved. Waking up every morning and calling this in and remembering this is one way I did it. I do it. I wake up and I pray and I meditate and I ask for love to come into my beingness, my energy body and I connect with it and I ask for God and my angels to walk with me and to guide me, my soul to really embody in me. And this is a practice that I will do and sacrifice over anything. I refuse to allow anything to come in between me and, and meditating. I'd rather be late for a meeting or miss a flight even if, rather than miss meditation. It's about opening your heart and physically feeling your heart open to receive love. We ask and we allow God and our angels to shower us with love. When you start to truly embody love in a greater way, we start to experience beautiful more. Life just becomes more beautiful and we repel that which is not love in our lives. In so doing, we are bringing love to everyone in the world too. You're already serving others and already that creates a nice cycle, a karmic cycle of love and beauty for you. And beautiful and love are your divine right, my queen. So please, my sister, claim it. Be your own kind of beautiful Some of the ways my life has changed when I started really embracing and love and being love, it's, you know, my, I've learned that I've come to accept and I see this way that all is working, is always working in my favor. Everything that happens is always working in my favor, even the painful parts. Secondly, pain is a cry for love. So when I'm in pain, I know to open my heart more to open my heart and myself more to love. And when love is the foundation, there's always joy in all circumstances. Our vibration lifts our frequency, our resting frequency, emotional states is, is always higher. Imagine feeling joy at all times, no matter the painful situation you're going through. That is what being in a state of love is. When you're in a state of love, you're optimistic and you're hopeful And honestly, hope is in deficit in the world right now. That's why we have so much depression and anxiety and unhappiness. When you're in a state of love and connection to the divine, you never feel alone because we are not alone. We have so much love and so many beings surrounding and supporting us. But until you open up yourself to love, you won't experience this. When you're in love... Your self-esteem and your self-image, self-image rises and improves. You really start to feel good and love and appreciate yourself. When you're in love and living in love, you feel purposeful and life has meaning on a day-to-day basis. There are many of us we're walking this world right now who don't feel like our lives have meaning. And yet we do matter. All of us matter. When you live and walk in love, you feel empowered. You feel you are in charge of co-creating your life with God and your soul and doing things that make your heart sing all of the time. That is what love does. And when you live in love, you view and challenge as every opportunity to learn and to grow deeper into love. Because love is always expanding. It is eternal. It is in, is infinite. And you see life, existence, and being... And beingness in a much bigger way. You see that you are a part of something really, really big and that you matter. And that's something that matters to us as human beings, to feel that we matter, that we are part of something. And you are. Um, being and walking in love, you see that your existence and beingness matters. Importantly, being in love, you also build a beautiful and deep resilience because we will always meet challenges. Um, how we meet those challenges is about how resilient we are. And imagine your resilience being a joyful one at all times, not one of suffering. Being in love and living in love, honoring the love that you are, rejects all forms of suffering. And so my queens, I invite you to journey with us. Let's journey together. That's how queens have always been. Queens, um, works in a collective honoring all queens all the queens around them and so let's work together walk together and share i am looking forward to engaging with you on how you feel about love and love being the most important part of who you are on your journey to being your own kind of beautiful and creating a beautiful life for you I look forward to talking and sharing more in the next episodes, um, coming episodes, and sharing with others as well who will share their experiences and their perspectives. Stay beautiful, Queen. My name is Ndometle Katwane, the founder of Afro Botanics, and we believe and we are committed to helping you find your own kind of beautiful.